Praise the Lord. So we're going to look this morning, we'll look at <clears throat> the peace of God. And it's crazy to think that we know God has peace and that we don't have it, you know. I mean, well, why even tell me God has peace? The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that in the presence of God, there is, um, you know, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know, praise God. Wow. So let's start here in Isaiah 26. And uh, uh, let me get over to it. Isaiah 26. I learned this scripture when I was in high school. And it was on a Christian song that I liked. Andre Crouch sang it. It was more of a jazz version. Of course, and that's what caught my attention. And But anyway, over the years, I remembered it and uh, uh, looked it up as well, too. And uh, anyway, uh, so let's look at it. Isaiah 26, and look down here at verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Now, this is not hard to understand. We'll figure it out from what it says here. But um, he says something about um, perfect peace. And actually, the Hebrew is peace, peace, or that's some kind of peace. We could say in America, in our language, in English, the greatest of the greatest. So that's what he's saying. This is the peace of all pieces. What is? And it's not just knowing you're going to go to heaven and not go to hell. I mean, you can figure that one out. And, and depending on, you know, uh, uh, your, you know, your life and your, uh, where you are and how old you are, you might can, as a young person would, might not want to even think about dying right now. It's like, I'm too young, okay? You might not be concerned about that. And it's ridiculous to think that uh, the only peace we can have is knowing that we're not going to hell, you know. <clears throat> There's more to it than that, and that wasn't even the subject here. Uh, so he says, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Uh, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Uh, so it looks like God here will get involved if we do something, if we'll keep our mind. Notice the word stayed on thee. And then he goes on to describe because he trusts in him. So now we know that trusting God is keeping your mind stayed on him. Now you can't just keep your mind stayed on there is a God, there is a God, there is a God. It's, you know, if you hold your Bible up, it's what he said. We know there's a God. The Bible says even the devils believe and tremble, so we're not getting anywhere very far, you know, by just believing there's a God. You've got to get a hold of the promises of God. Let me show you something here that will help you. Please go to 1 Corinthians, all the way to the New Testament. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then you have the wonderful 1 Corinthians. You may not have read it in a while. If you're picking and choosing uh, books, you'll think that one's kind of long, but it's really not. Uh, you can get through it pretty fast. 1 Corinthians uh Chapter uh, chapter 1 here. And uh, let's look over here at, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I wrote that one down. Uh, it's, it's, it's 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Yeah, absolutely. 2 Corinthians. Go to the next book over. You'll find the, the next book. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea, it means yes. And in him, amen. Now, why does it say in him? Because you get these promises because of what Jesus has done for you. That's the reason you see in the scriptures about righteousness. The Lord accounted it unto him for righteousness. We don't have any approach to God, but we do through Jesus. Or as Abraham did, he just believed God. God said, I'll do certain things for you. And Abraham said, I believe you. And the Bible says that Jesus, or God, accounted it to him for righteousness. Why was that in there? Well, God would have the right to get involved in your life because of, shall we say, the blood of Jesus. Many times we want to say there is no blood of Jesus because of 
we want to tell God, you'll answer my prayers based on how good I've been since I became a Christian. Or some of us will go even worse and we'll say, well, before I was a Christian, I was so bad, so I guess I'm only going to get half of the blessings that are offered in the Bible. Ridiculous. It's just condemnation. You didn't get that on your own. An evil spirit told you that, whispered that into your ears. You've believed it. Either somebody told you that, but the root of it is the Scripture says it's doctrines of demons. <clears throat> because you're not going to get anywhere thinking that, you know, well, um, you know, uh, I can't have these blessings because of... No, these blessings belong to you. Again, I'm going to remind you here, verse 20, for all the promises of God. Everybody say all the promises. All the promises. I mean, praise God. One, I have a song over here that says 30,000 by Lynn Meek. 30,000 promises. 30,000. Well, I don't know how he calculated all those. Somebody probably went through and did some sort of way of finding out. But anyway, I know there's more than one, praise the Lord. Even the book of Hebrews says it's a new covenant based on better promises. It's not just one promise. You know, what it would do is good to go get another promise besides salvation. wonder what it would be. I like the 23rd Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, don't just say you can say that. What does it say? It said goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I've got a guarantee that when I walk through these doors, I've got goodness coming to me. There's more coming to my mind. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 says, I'm blessed when I go in, I'm blessed when I go out. So I have to deal with those thoughts that say, today I don't feel too blessed. Today I feel like things are not going to go quite right for me. Why? Well, because of maybe this or that or whatever or something that's on my mind. Well, it's interesting that you say on my mind because we started with Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. So if we get our mind on the promises of God, it will turn your situation around. Now, just to verify that uh, he really tells us that his promises are yes, uh, look down here at verse 17. Paul uses that to explain why I couldn't get to Arab the other day. I couldn't get to Huntsville. Paul the apostle was trying to travel from one town to another. I just say that because these... Bible names are kind of funny. But anyway, when I was therefore minded, verse 17, did I use lightness? The things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh? That with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. In other words, I said it, but I'm not coming. Oh, I'm coming, I'll be right there, and I never show. But look at this. But as God is true, our word towards you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Now, how do you preach Jesus and preach him yes and no? Well, i give an example. One day God will do it for you, and one day he won't. But that's not true. God will do it for you all the time. He's on your side. So the next verse goes on to say, For all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. You know, amen means so be it. I mean, it's going to come to pass. Under the glory of God by us. Now, let's go back to Isaiah again. Go back to the middle of your Bible. It should almost fall into the big book of Isaiah. If you wind up in Psalms, go to the right just a little bit and you'll find Isaiah. This time go to Isaiah chapter 9 and I'll bring us to a little Christmas story here. The peace of God is what we're looking at. <clears throat> and again, there would be no reason to have peace uh, and just say, well, thank God God's got it. Thank God he's stable today. Thank God he can feel good. Thank God he can sleep well. Well, as you know, God doesn't sleep. We're the ones that sleep. We have to have rest. But the Bible says he gives us rest. It's not God's will to keep you up at night. It's not. 
So Isaiah chapter 9, look down here at verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Hey, I know this. Well, good. Let's look closely at these words. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Well, we know his name is Jesus. Well, okay, if his name's Jesus, guess what that name means? Here it is. Wonderful. And there's a comma. It's just wonderful. Oh, the sound of it. Well, it's more than just the sound. It's what that name does. The Bible teaches us that that name is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. It'll work on fig trees. It'll work on mountains. It'll work on problems whatsoever. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that's safety and soundness and healing and deliverance and preservation. The book of Psalms, don't turn never to the book of Psalms, Psalms 20. I use that several times just so we'll be able to come back and say, I know where that is, it's Psalm 20. It says, the name of the God of Jacob, defend thee. Isaiah, not Isaiah, but Proverbs chapter 18 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. <laughs> David killed Goliath with the name of the Lord. So it says, his name is wonderful. Also, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and here's what we're looking at this morning, the Prince of Peace. He didn't say he has peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Praise the Lord. And he's the Prince of Peace to you and I. Think about yourselves being on the boat with the disciples, and Jesus is asleep in the back on a pillow. And there's a great storm of wind. I mean, we've seen some straight-line winds come around here, and it's just horrible. These guys are on a boat. That is like a bad place to be. I don't want to be out there. I've been out there before in the water, and bad, uh, bad winds come up. It gets to be kind of scary. But anyway, if we're in that boat with Jesus, and Jesus is asleep. Now, mind you, he's asleep. If he's asleep, I ought to be asleep. But they wake him up and say, Carest thou not that we perish? Jesus arose, and he rebuked the winds and the waves. He didn't say, Ride it out, boys. Be tough. You're a Marine. What's the matter with you? What are y'all scared for? If you die, you're going to heaven. See, a lot of that's our approach sometimes. We think, well, if I die, I'm going to heaven. Jesus didn't do it that way. We know what he said. He may help me. He said, he said three words there. One of them started with a T. Peace, be still. And you know what? He doesn't mind you using those words. He didn't say get a copyright. And you better know that I said those words. No, he wants you to use those words too. You can say peace, be still in your own life. You can say peace, be still to your own mind. Remember the, the uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Psalm 23 said, he restores my soul. You can get yourself so backed up against your problems, you can't even think straight. You can't even talk straight to other people. You don't want to be around anybody. And you can say, Lord, restore my soul. You're my shepherd. Restore my soul. And quit thinking he's going to put you in timeout. Well, I know. You've been running too fast. And God's going to... You're still going to run too fast because you're out of control. You've got problems taking over your life. You've got to have relief. Ask Jesus to get those burdens off. He will. Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord. You know, cast your burden on the Lord. The scripture says, and he'll sustain you. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. But you can have it, darling, if you want it. You can worry about these things if you want it. But Jesus' name is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But I got to do something with that. What do I got to do? Well, we'll take Isaiah's word for it. Because he trusted in thee. What was trusted in thee? He kept his mind stayed on thee. Keep your mind stayed on that name means peace. That name means peace. Now, let's stay in Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 53. 
by his stripes were healed. Remember that verse, Isaiah 53? Look at verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace. Now, what does that mean? Well, somebody had to take some blows for you to have a relationship with God. Somebody had to take the punishment, and that's what it was. The punishment that was needed to bring peace. Where was it? Laid on you? No. -uh. It was already laid on you, and you weren't getting nowhere. You could punish yourself all the way to hell. You could go to hell for eternity, and guess what? It would never bring you to Christ. The soul that sinneth must surely die. It'll never see the presence of God. It just won't. But Jesus was able to, as we say in the Scriptures, redeem you. He bought you. He paid for you. So it's not a matter of what you do. He paid for it. I mean, you can go back there and scrub dishes all you want to if I pay for your dinner or if you pay for mine. And I go back there and go, I mean, Josh bought my dinner the other day. I could go back there, well, I appreciate that, but I'm going to go back there and wash some dishes. Josh would be like, are you out of your mind? But we as Christians do that. God won't help me financially unless I go scrub some dishes. God won't help me with my healing unless I scrub some dishes. No, you're messing up. Jesus told that woman, Woman, thy faith has made thee whole. He didn't say, you know what? You've really turned over some leaves in your life. I think well, God's going to be good to you from now on. <laughs> yeah. Man, you keep, you keep doing good things now. You keep doing some good things. And boy, God will just, he, he, he's just, he's going to remember you. No. So he says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes were healed. He'll go to Isaiah 54, the next chapter over. Look at this one. It doesn't quit. Isaiah 54, look down at verse 10. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall my, look at this, covenant of peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Mercy indicating we were wrong. We were sinners, but Jesus made a way for us. And he says it's a covenant. It's a document. You should be able to pull this thing out. Guess where it is? It's right here. You know, you could, just for your own sake, maybe for, because I have a filing cabinet in my office, just so you'll get it. You should get your Bible out and pull a drawer and put your Bible in there. This is a document. It's a legal document. I need to keep a copy of it, you know. <laughs> That's the reason there's so much competition out there. The Muslims want to say, well, it's the Koran. It's their document. And we need to stand up and say, well, you got yours, and this is mine. Nobody's going to take this away from me. <clears throat> okay. Uh, it doesn't quit there. There's more in Isaiah 54. Look down at verse 13. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be, look at this, the peace of thy children. Well, we in America don't believe that. We believe if you have kids, the more you have, the worse it's going to be. If you got kids, it's over with. You know, sorry. You know, Josh, Joy, sorry. Well, Joy knows better, and Josh does too. You know, but your kids are going to be all right. Everybody say, my kids are going to be all right. Say this, say, I have the promise of God. Great shall be the peace of my children. Even Psalm 112. Say, say, say Psalm 112, that my children are blessed. Yeah, the seed of the righteous are delivered, praise the Lord. They are. Glory to God. Well, the Bible didn't say, you know, uh, cursed is the man whose quiver is full of them. and said, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Praise the Lord. And quit thinking one of them's got to be bad. I mean, you can have four in a family. Think, well, one of them's going to give me heart, heartbreak, you know. One of them's this, one of them's that, whatever. No, you keep praying, praise the Lord. Everything's going to be fine. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 10. 
Matthew chapter 10. We're looking at the peace of God. Look down at verse 34. All right, Gracie, help me preach now. Come on, bro. Okay. Oh, uh, Matthew chapter 10, and start down here at verse 34. Uh, Think not that I'm come to send peace on the earth. Whoa, what did Jesus say here? Well, let's just get it, okay? Because some people have heard this, and they think, well, I guess there you go. No, watch what happens here. This is only related to, guess what? People who do not want Jesus. Jesus did come to bring peace. Remember what the angel said? Art the herald angels say. Remember that they were on the, on the, when the shepherds? They said, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. But guess where the war is? I've already mentioned it one time. you got Muslims who say their God is God, and Jesus is not the Messiah. Jesus has told us plainly, I am the way and the truth and the life, and you can forget it. There's no other way but by me. When Jesus came, he came into his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave the power to become the sons of God. See, the Jews, many of them, did not appreciate Jesus. They thought you have to keep the law. You've got to keep the Ten Commandments and even more things that the Pharisees had come up with. You're not going to heaven unless you keep this. And they kept looking for a Messiah, and they didn't see him when he was right under their nose. So Jesus is making mention of this. And the reason I'm showing this is because I want to show you the strength of the peace that you have. Don't you dare think for one moment God's dragging you through some trial. Don't. He's not. He's getting you out of a trial. He's getting you out. He wants you rescued from your troubles. He doesn't want you pulling your hair out. He doesn't want you having a bad time. He does not. Okay, here we go. Look at this. So he said, think not that I came to send peace on the earth. Oh, I'm just quoting it. Where am I at? Let's see. Uh, 34, yeah. I came not to send peace, but a sword. But we do know, he said, my peace I leave with you. Okay, so this is what he was talking about. For I am come to set a, a, mother, excuse me, a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What is this all about? Let's keep reading. And a man's foes shall be those of his own household. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Ah, there it is. I have become a Christian. I have given my life to Christ, and I'm going to live for him. You may go home and tell your parents about that. If your parents don't go to church, or maybe they quit believing or whatever, and they may not be too happy about it. What do you do? Well, I know you've given your life to Christ, and you're not going back. I have decided to follow Jesus. And depending on how much your opposition is going to come against you, you'll know. And that opposition, you need to remember, is just the devil. He's working through maybe perhaps your parents to try to get you to give up Jesus Christ. You can understand Oh, it just seems like in America we don't really appreciate the strength of, of families that cannot get together because one of them decides to know Jesus. At least I don't. I, I, but you go into a Muslim society and one of the Muslim members of the family becomes a Christian. Let me tell you something. It's a war. It's almost as though that one needs to be killed. It's horrible. Well, what do you do? You do like the Americans are trying to do, be politically correct and and don't confess Jesus and just try to be peaceful there and be a secret religion? No, I don't think so. you got to remember Jesus is on your side. The devil tries to make it look like, well, I can't get saved if I was a Muslim because they're going to kill me. They're going to kill my whole family. Well, that's the threat. But guess what? God will protect you, you know. But you got to remember also in the book of Revelation, it says they love not their lives to the death. When you find Jesus Christ and you know he's the way and the truth and the life, I mean, the righteous are as bold as the lion. 
Don't worry about it. But watch what Jesus says. He says, I, I, I'm coming to set a father against his dad. Okay, look down at verse 36. And a, a man's foes shall be those of an own household. He that loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. In other words, God will help you with all your life. Give your whole life over to him. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going. Let's go next to um, Mark chapter 4. All right, Mark chapter 4. You've got to go over one book. I'll try to keep some of these together. Mark chapter 4, look down at verse 39. I mean, the whole Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even the book of Acts, people came to either the disciples or they came to Jesus with their troubles. You're not going to be able to blow them out of there and say, well, it didn't really happen. And it was all about, you know, knowing that Jesus is uh, our Savior and one day we'll go to heaven. Well, I don't understand why Jesus went around helping people all the time. Why did he, uh, why did he, with his mother, why, even he, he told his mother, he said, my time's not yet come. He turned the water into wine. Said, why did he do that for? Well, he had to show out. <laughs> no. I tell you, David knew about Jesus in the Old Testament because he's called the Lord in the Old Testament. And he knew that God would always be there for him to help him. Just read the book of Psalms and you can't miss them. All the great things that David mentioned about God. And, and David never saw the Lord. He didn't say, well, you know what, I saw him one day. You know, that's what, that's what changed my life. I saw him. <laughs> David saw him this way. He wrote it down in the book of Psalms. You can look this up for yourself. But that's eh, really, I think it's Psalm 18. No, it's Psalm 18. But uh, no, it's not Psalm 18. Anyway, well, you'll find it. He says, I always set the Lord before me. He was at my right hand that I should not be moved. And every he even said, the Lord's my shepherd. But he never said, you know what, I see him, you know. I saw him one day, I had a vision. Whatever, any record that David had a vision or whatever. And look what great things he did. And not, and not only the great things, but the great troubles that he came out of. If you read the book of Psalms, you can, it, by the time you get to Psalm 3, you're going to find yourself. Many are they which say to my soul, there is no help for him and God. <laughs> in other words, your Christian friends are going to say, you're in so much trouble, you're not going to get out this time. But you need to come back and say, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. I'm quoting from Psalm 3, verse 3. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. It wouldn't take you long to find Psalms 3 if you were in trouble. Didn't know what to do. I'm just going to read the Psalms. I'm going to read Psalms. I cannot take this pressure anymore. I can't take it. So you read Psalm 1. You read Psalm 2. So far, you spent about a minute and a half. So you hit Psalm 3, you're going to be like, whoa. And if you don't think that's good enough, when you hit Psalm 4, you'll go, Psalm 4 was a repeat of Psalm 3. It's like, and it's always in the first person, I. I know, Lord, you'll help me. I know there, you're there. I know I'll get out of trouble. And you'll have to work hard at reading the Psalms and saying God will not help you. You really will. And the easiest way to do that is just don't read the Bible. Don't read the Bible, you'll come up with your own Psalms. I don't know why God's doing this to me. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble. Don't go that route. Remember, I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusted me. To trust the Lord is to trust what he says. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's really ridiculous to say you trust in some written document and you don't know anything about it. Okay. Uh, so Mark chapter 4, look at verse 39. Mark 4 and verse 39. Uh, there is no 39. How did I do that? Right, hang on a second. Let me find what we did here. Uh, oh, I'm in Mark 4. There is a 39. I was on the wrong page. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I tell you, I think some people would think it would have been a better lesson 
if, uh, you know, God just barely had them make it and he didn't create such peace. Let me tell you something. God wants you to have peace. He's not about scaring the daylights out of you. If you think it's bumpy on your ride, you should be saying, peace, be still. If you're scared of anything, you should be saying, peace, be still, in the name of Jesus. I do that. I've done it concerning the weather. I don't play around with it. I do it concerning the weather. I mean, the day those silly tornadoes come across Alabama, I went for lunch, and it was before uh, tornadoes were actually, well, they were, they were already cooking, brewing, whatever. And I went down the parkway. And I didn't get off the parkway. I kept going because I saw the weather, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, peace be still. And uh, um, I stayed clear. I stayed clear all day, praise the Lord. This will work for you. I mean, why write it? I, I, I should not even hear this scripture if I'm not supposed to use it. No, it belongs to you and I. Acts chapter 10, please. Look down at verse 36. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. Pretty easy to find. Acts chapter 10, look at verse 36. And I'll remind you as we go there that this was a first-time experience for somebody who was hearing this story. This person was not a Jew. It was Cornelius and his family. An angel said, you need to hear what's, what, this message. And guess what? This was the message, and it was peace. And guess what else? It was healing in verse 38. But we're going to read, uh, 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 what did I say? Look at my notes again here. Oh, yeah, verse 36. So Acts chapter 10, verse 36 the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, look at this, look at the phrasing, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now, it's not just peace between you and God. I mean, wouldn't it be crazy just to just say, well, God, isn't it so wonderful that I have peace with you? And it's so sad that you can't help me in this world. It is so sad because I'm sorry I have peace with you and I'm not appreciating it today because I'm distracted by my daily problems. Do you see how invalid that would even be? But multitudes came to Jesus. They flocked to him. He fed 5,000 one time, not counting the women and children. A few days later, he fed 4,000. Multitudes. So many people around him. Why? Well, he was doing so much that one woman thought, I'll get what I need. I won't even tell him. <laughs> I'll just touch him. He's gone. Got it. Whoa. I'm healed. And then Jesus is looking for it. Hey, where'd that woman go? Because he's all about helping you. And we're all about unbelief. We're all about he won't help me. Yeah. We're going to correct that. Say, no, I believe God. I believe God that it'll be even as it was told me. That's a scripture. Paul said that when he was fixing to sink on a boat. 276 people on that ship. Talk about the Titanic. Well, there's 276 right here, and they're all fixed to die. They're all fixed to die. But guess what happened to them? All 276 survived. Why did they survive? Well, if you read the story, Paul had prayed for them. God had said, I've given you everybody on this ship. They all escaped to land. Can anybody tell me what happened as soon as they got to land? As soon as they got to land, they built a fire. Guess what happened to Paul? Snake bit him. Can't win for losing. What are you going to do? you got to keep marching. Paul shook that snake off into the fire. And if I was him, and I was, or if I was standing right there, I know good and well what he did. He'd say, well, you can't kill me because I belong to Jesus Christ. He didn't go into a prayer going, fellas, make it quick. Let me preach to you because I know God told me he was sending me to Rome, but I guess he's changed his mind because of the snake. What's the snake got to do with the will of God? But we believe our circumstances more than God's word. God had just told him you're going to Rome. The snake just said you're going to die. What are you going to do? 
Jesus said, uh, said, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Paul knew this. Got him off of that boat. What's the matter? God can't handle a snake bite? Well, he did. He shook him off in the fire. And when the natives recognized that he didn't die, they decided he was a god. <laughs> well, Paul took care of that. He took care of that in a few uh, chapters earlier when people thought that. They said, man, you're a god, and you're Zeus and Barnabas. He's another Greek god. Paul had to straighten him out on that, praise the Lord. But anyway, preaching peace. Glory to God. There is peace in Jesus today. I mean, can you imagine that? Paul's like, you know, God, I mean, why the snake? And sometimes in the things we think about today, we just want to just crawl under a rock and just say, why me, God, why? Instead of shaking off our problems and saying, Lord, you're my shield. I don't even know how many times the book of Psalms says the Lord is our shield. God showed up to Abraham one time and said, I'm thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. What a way to welcome yourself. David said in Psalm 18, didn't he? <clears throat> I will love thee, O Lord, my strength, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, my strong tower, you know, my rock, my defense, my fortress. What a big, long list. Why? Because the Lord is all those things. And if you think about all those things, can't you calm yourself down today? Don't you have peace and peace that passes all understanding? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, uh, 